I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the Elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own Elders and teachers. Welcome back, Mamas, and welcome to 2023. In fact, By the time I release this very first podcast for the year, it's nearly the end of January, which, for the first time ever, is the latest I have started the podcast at the start of the year. And the old version of me would really struggle with that. The old version of the way I would think would say that it's late, it's too late, you've fallen behind. But that's why I really wanted to start this year with an interview with Kate Northrup. She's the author of Do Less and is really a part of this conversation of do we really have to work to the schedule that somebody else has told us is productive? Do we really have to follow those rules of success? Can we actually do less and still be happy, healthy, successful? I have to say, as you'll hear me say in this interview with Kate, it feels like a very privileged question. Can those who really don't have the privilege of more time, more energy, extra money, take their time? Is this something that we really can all embrace within ourselves as women, mamas, human beings this year? Can we ask ourselves, why am I rushing? Who am I trying to keep up with? Can I do it a different way? I hope so. As I've shared, the last few years have been big for all of us. And 2020 and 2021 certainly did rock my world personally. But on reflection, it was actually 2022 where all of that caught up. And I'm walking into 2023 with the complete commitment to not only do less, but listen more, breathe in more, appreciate more, love more, and do what feels aligned. This podcast is here for you. I want it to feel like a space where there's no pressure to do more, be more, have more. There's no pressure to be a good mother perfect woman. This is just the place where we get to talk about the realities of modern life right now, the experience of matrescence and how we all get to choose how we do this ourselves. So 
for the very first episode of 2023. I give you my conversation with Kate Northrup. Enjoy. Kate Northrup, welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast, our very first episode for 2023. It is so good to see you again. Oh, it's so good to see you too. Thanks for having me. We were just saying before we hit record, you and I have spoken a number of times over the years as my role as a journalist before I started this work, and it's been a long time since we spoke. Um, And when I really thought about the first thing I wanted to say, for 2023 to all of our beautiful mama listeners around the world and who I wanted to have that conversation with, you popped into my mind because uh, I have witnessed from afar the evolution of your work through motherhood and business and sharing with the world a different way of doing things, of really not signing up to this hustle lifetime lifestyle, this real commitment to honouring both the ancient and the modern demands of motherhood and womanhood. So what a perfect way to start this year. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let's start, first of all, if I may, reflecting on your experience of the last few years with being a mama and a business owner. Um, you wrote a phenomenal book, Do Less. What, what year was that published? 2019. It was April 2nd, 2019. Wow. Just one year before we really <laughs> needed it. <laughs> That's it. Thank goodness. Yeah. So you wrote that because of your own experience of really recognizing how to you needed and wanted to do thing, things differently since becoming a mother, a lot of it. So can you talk us through that process and then what's the last few years mm-hmm. been like? Yeah. So, um, when I, so I've always been a high achiever, ambitious, you know, a high capacity to do things. And when I got pregnant with my first daughter, I really got knocked out by the pregnancy. And it was the first time I had experienced a challenge that I couldn't get through by either being stronger, pushing harder, or um, being smarter. Mm-hmm. I, there was like no amount of trying that could change it. I just was exhausted and I couldn't do anything about it. And that of course set me up, really was preparing me for the experience of birth. And my first birth was was pretty traumatic. Um, it required me to let go of all of my ideas of what birth was gonna be and how I could orchestrate the perfect birth, which of course, I could not because no one can, (laughs) although it was the perfect birth for me and my daughter because I needed some lessons and certainly like a huge dose of humility. Mm -hmm. And then that postpartum period was very difficult for me. I struggled with postpartum anxiety and postpartum insomnia, and I just didn't sleep. And I was like a bundle of nerves um, for the first 13 months. I just struggled. And during that time, my daughter also became ill with severe eczema. So she was she was ill when she was born. Then we had to stay in the hospital. And that was not what I had anticipated. And so that really threw me for a loop. 
And then anyone who's had a sick baby knows how um wow, I don't even know how to describe it. It's this feeling of just being out of control that is so profound and awful because just seeing this little being struggling and then of course having a newborn is hard anyway. So then you add on first-time motherhood. Yeah. And then you add on illness. And so I worked, I mean, she sometimes was waking up at night screaming every 10 minutes, crying, scratching herself bloody. I mean, it was awful. And so during that first year, I also thought that uh, somehow having 10 hours of childcare a week would be enough, which is completely (laughs) insane in, in retrospect. But anyway, so we had 10 hours of childcare and then my husband and I were running our business. And a year later, we looked at our numbers and we realized despite working half the amount we had ever worked in our adult lives, we had made the most money we ever had. And so while I would not ever go back through that experience for anything, I realized that there were some lessons that we could learn and that we could maybe implement on purpose to create better results through doing less. Now, I found out about this through an extenuating circumstance of caregiving, but I figured let's not waste that terrible year. And so I went back and I looked at what were some of the things that we did by accident and how could we do it on purpose? And then when my daughter was 13 months old, I got my period back for the first time and I was suddenly transfixed by the idea that I was a predictable cyclical creature and that I could use this process I was going through every month to organize my time and to help myself feel safe. And it helped me to regain a sense of agency in my life that I had completely lost when I got, when, when I, you know, right in the thick of that pregnancy. And so, and then I wrote do less based on those learnings. You said it made you feel safe and gave you agency to understand that. I mean, goodness, that, those two words just kind of hit me in my chest. Mm. Like, oh Yeah. When so much is unpredictable in motherhood, in life, after the last few years, if you run your own business, if you work, if you have a relationship, if you're a human being, so much is unpredictable at the moment. And so to find a sense of safety and agency, oh my goodness, that would feel good. (laughs) That would feel good. And it, it changed everything for me. I was able to heal my postpartum anxiety. I was able to, and then, you know, relatively just a little over a year later, my business hit its first seven figure year. Um, not from working more hours, that's for sure. Um, cause I had a toddler and part-time childcare. Um, so, and then through the years, I've been given many more opportunities to practice what I preach when my second daughter was born, my husband became very ill. And then suddenly I had a newborn and a toddler and a company to run by myself. And then, of course, we all experienced the spring of 2020 when had no child care and still all the expenses and needing to make the business happen. And, you know, so these tools um, really apply to so many scenarios, whether it's chronic illness, whether it's a global pandemic, 
whether it's child rearing, um, any kind of scenario that is an unexpected circumstance, which we will all go through so many in our lives, we can actually find a sense of safety and calm and agency. Okay. Can you give us a crash course on what this yeah. looks like so that everyone listening can really set these intentions for this year ahead? I think before we do that, it's just so important for us to remember, I think we all know this more than ever, that um, we can't keep waiting for things to settle down to put this in place. I just want to say that right from the beginning. If I've learned anything over the last few years, this idea that when this bit's over, everything will return to normal is now something I just never will believe in again. And that's not meant to be a negative outcome. That's not meant to be a negative or pessimistic statement. But I think for myself and so many of the mums in our community that I've spoken to over the last few years, we now recognise that we need these tools all of the time. This isn't a in case of emergency break glass kind of thing. This is a daily, monthly continual practice we need to be able to show up the best we can because life just does continue to evolve and change and challenge us and teach us what we need to know and throw us in different directions. Mm. So I just want to start by saying this is just essential practice now. This is just essential practice now. I love that you're saying that because it is so common for us to say, you know, once things settle down, once my kids are this age, then... Mm -hmm. I can start a meditation practice or start caring for my body or whatever. So here's the thing. Think about it like a trampoline. <clears throat> okay. So the daily practices of showing up and tending to our bodies, and I'm going to share a little framework for you in a minute to how to do that. Um, but like building our capacity essentially and pouring into ourselves and these practices of clarifying what really matters here? What doesn't matter? What am I going to double down on? What am I going to eliminate? So really the whole concept is doing less of the things that don't matter so that we have more capacity for what does, whether that's our children, our work, our communities, our, our spouses, you know, whatever. So the daily practice of that is like a trampoline where we are allowing it to bounce down, right? So when we don't tend to it, it gets really tight. Like when we don't do these practices, it gets really tight. And then inevitably, when life throws some sort of situation at you, you bounce on it and you just like, it hurts because there's no suppleness, there's no give. But when we are tending to these practices, it's like exercising the springs on a trampoline. So you just kind of like if they if you throw a bowling ball at a well-exercised trampoline, it's just kind of like boom, and then it goes back up versus a super tightly wound trampoline and you throw a bowling ball at it. It's like Meh. so yes. that's the whole idea It's like so that we are creating that suppleness and that resiliency so that when and when things happen that we were not prepared for, um, we have cushion. So. One of those things that I love, this is just my favorite practice, is to track and follow my cyclical nature. So in our childbearing years, people with uteruses have menstrual cycles for the most part, unless we are pregnant 
or nursing or have some other sort of thing going on, which we all have at different times, but for much of the time. And this cyclical nature is a semi-predictable cycle where you go through four specific phases of hormonal experience. And those four specific phases are designed, I don't know by who, the goddess. <laughs> to, <laughs> Let's just say the goddess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that you have a time every month that wires your brain and energy levels for new beginnings. You have a time every single month where you feel like putting yourself out there. You have a time every single month where you feel more inward and like wrapping things up and just just like taking things across the finish line. And you have a time every single month for rest and restoration. So those four phases, if you follow them energetically, you'll find that you're organized perfectly to get anything done that needs to get done. There's a specific time where you'll feel like doing that thing. And if you can semi, even 5%, semi-align so that you are beginning things, you are putting things out into the world, you are wrapping things up, and you are pausing, these four phases are just like the four seasons. So each of us, we have a personal springtime every month. We have a personal summer, we have a personal autumn, and we have a personal winter. Now, our culture only sort of celebrates and emphasizes springtime and summertime energy. So new beginnings and then putting ourselves out there. So the start and the launch. So we tend to overdo it on the starting things and launching things. And we tend to underdo it when it comes to completing things and then pausing. And so because masculine energy is spring and summer, feminine energy is autumn and winter, and we have a hyper-masculine associated culture. It is no wonder then that we have record levels of burnout, especially amongst women, because we have ignored the second half of the cycle which, by the way, everyone needs to pay attention to, not just women. And when we do, just like in a planting season, if you're, if you're growing a garden or if you're practicing regenerative agriculture, when we follow the planting and the growing and the harvest, and then we follow it up by allowing the soil to rest or planting cover crops that aren't meant for, for, um, for sale, um, and cover crops in our own life could be things like knitting or um, crafting or like things that we do that are not meant to make us money, that are not meant, they are just because it fills us up. So those are, those are kind of those things. Um, and then when we, and then when we rest and reflect, then we actually are able to get more done in less time. Because we're doubling down on what matters during the time when we feel energetically like doing that thing. And then we're much more able to work with how we actually feel as opposed to trying to force ourselves to feel a way that we don't actually feel. Because that's what, when you said earlier, it made me feel safe and gave me agency. That's what it feels like to me when you understand this about yourself. 
what immediately comes to mind is you just stop judging yourself for not being able to be in spring and summer all of the time. You know, I was speaking to um, a mummerizing student who's training to be a mummerizing coach recently, and she was talking about working with a business coach. I'll be vague because this is not um, by any means um, an attack on anybody, but she was working with a business coach who was not a mother and was much younger in the very early stage of her life and still very much in that masculine energy. You're nodding with a smile on your face. You know exactly where I'm going. Well, I used to be this person. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, hand up too. And she was talking to me about how much she had struggled with guilt and judgment because she felt like this business coach just didn't understand that she couldn't always be productive. She had young kids. She also, you know, was basically a sole carer because her partner was always away. You know, the business coach would talk to her about why aren't you doing this and why aren't you at this level and, you know, come on, we've been doing this for long enough. And it really, it really took me back, Kate, to both how I used to judge myself and hold myself to that standard of energy all of the time and also how important it is for us to be understanding this of ourselves because that judgment and that guilt that you're not productive like you should be does end up making you step away from this work or this thing that you love because it makes you feel like you're not doing it right so therefore you can't ever succeed and so you may as well stop. It really, it was just such a powerful reminder for me. I bet you hear that all the time. I do. I mean, you know, business as we know it was invented by men who had full-time support staff. Who run on a testosterone dominant 24 hour cycle (laughs) in a patriarchy that has set up the whole system to work for them. (laughs) So, like, it makes sense that we feel like, am I doing this wrong? Because this seems harder than I thought. Or did, why is this so hard? It's because we are trying to win at a system that was never designed for us in the first place, which is why we need to use new systems. Mm -hmm. And I also would remind anyone listening, This may sound dark and harsh, but you're never going to get it done. And then we're all going to die. So like, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) The amount of presence and joy we've experienced and the amount we've allowed ourselves to actually experience our lives is what is going to matter in the end. Not did we become the best koozie, whatsie, whatever. Like we're here to give a contribution. Yes. But please don't let like some kind of external validation prevent you from showing up for your assignment because we're all, none of us is getting out of here alive. And the game is not how much money we were managing to accumulate or how many accolades or how far up the corporate ladder we got. Like no one cares in the end. Mm So it just it's nice to right size our priorities sometimes and just remind just remember that. Yeah, I agree. So I'm sure you hear this again all the time in your origin membership and the membership you've created for um, women in business and, and all the interviews you do. You know, there's automatically a couple of questions. What if you can't rest in that winter? What if the reality is you've got a nine to five job? 
because you have to and you've got to do pick up and drop off and all the different things and you know that sounds lovely Kate and Amy but why don't you come and live in my life my household for a moment because I don't get a winter what do you say to that I love this question so I had an interview after Do Less first came out with a woman who started off the interview by saying, I didn't, I, I really loved your book and I was surprised that I liked it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> here we <Why>? go. <laughs> and she said, because I was raised by a single mom and I expected your book to be all about suggestions like hire a housekeeper and you know, have someone cook your meals for you and whatever. And she said, there is not one thing you suggested that my single mom working three jobs could not have done. And so here's the thing. It matters so much more how we are doing something than what we're doing. So the simple act of acknowledging yourself and being like, this is my monthly winter. I'm going to walk slower today from the grocery store to my car. That's it. It could be that simple or it could be, okay, I know I'm in the season of rest. I'm also the solo breadwinner and I have two toddlers. I am going to lay on the couch and play boat with my kids and let them climb all over me. You know, you can, we can do this. Like we can do this, but we have to first be willing to set down the mantle of trying to win at doing the most and being the most tired. So if you're willing to stop needing to identify as the busiest, most capable, most exhausted mom, then you can do this. It immediately reminds me of what we now understand to be this idea of the inner patriarchy, that um, yes, it would be lovely if we could send all overstretched, burnt out mamas a cleaner and a housekeeper and a cook and actually allow them to rest for three, four days a month. Of course, that's our, you know, that's our vision for the society we live in. However, as you said, we can start this internally, but it is, we not only have this pressure from outside of all of us, but we hold this within us, this idea of this um, judgment again of, but I need to keep going, I can't slow down. And I remember this, a similar process in my own experience, Kate, of just realising that it's the way I intentionally do what I have to do today that honoured where I was. I'm really, really tired today. My body is sending me so many messages. I still have to show up, but I'm going to walk differently. I'm going to speak to myself differently. I'm going to drink different tea. I'm going mm. to breathe differently. Mm -hmm. It's that very internal way we speak to ourselves rather than necessarily yeah. the actions on the outside. Absolutely. It all mm. matters. Mm. So what does this look like for you then in the last few years with your girls at home, I assume? Um and uh, how does that, how have you, I guess, survived, yeah. <laughs> thrived probably as well, but survived the last few years? <sighs> if you were to go back and kind of write a, a preface to do less mm -hmm. now, like if yeah. Hay House came to you and said, you know, we're going to revamp it and you're going to add mm -hmm. something at the beginning on reflection post pandemic, this is what I would say. What do you think you would add or say? Well, I would say like double down on everything I said in there and specifically, <laughs> yeah. 
I was so grateful to have those tools because I was like, oh, they matter so much more now. Um, number one is really straightforward. It's applying Pareto's principle, the 80-20 rule to my life and to my business. So really looking at, okay, like what are the 80, per- oh, sorry, what are the 20% of things that really get me 80% of the results in my business? So I knew for us during that, especially during that initial lockdown period, when I had two kids at home and no childcare, and I knew we needed to serve our existing customers, deliver on the promises we had already made. And then we needed to, you know, stay in touch with our audience. So that was the next one. Um, And we knew like we had run that analysis. So that we knew what are the 20% of activities that get us 80% of the results. And so we just focused on those that we were not doing extra things. This was not a growth time. I also really just gave us permission. It was like, this is not going to be a time when the company is going to grow. That's great. Mm -hmm. We don't need to always be growing. Like steady was awesome that year. You know, steady was awesome. Um, I also talked to my friend, Dr. Shafali Sabari, who wrote um, Conscious parenting and the awakened family. And she, I messaged her with an SOS. I was like, I am losing my mind and I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and she, she hopped on FaceTime with me and she was like, Kate, you are making this harder than it needs to be. And I was like, why? How am I making this harder than it needs to be? And she said, your children are now part of the furniture. Like this is your life now. And you resisting it is making it more difficult. And that was a hard pill to swallow, but she was right. Like I was just so spinning in how awful it was that I was just adding all these layers of friction. And she was like, you need to, in her beautiful accent, in the way she speaks, she was like, you need to accept and surrender to the isness. Like this just is now. Now you work in 30 second increments of focus time until the next person needs a snack. I was like, okay, all right. So there was something about the softening and the surrender of just like, okay, this just is. And then, you know, like everything in retrospect, it went by pretty quick. Mm. And and I didn't miss the moment. Yeah, I didn't miss the moment by... uh, you know, by trying for to make it different constantly. Honestly, those those couple of months when we were all home, I look back, they were, it was kind of sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's such a beautiful reminder that, and it's similar to what you were talking about in the way that we expect ourselves to work and show up and mother, there really is a level of surrendering to what is, you know, whether it's the season you're in of motherhood, whether it's the time of month, whether it's what's happening in the world, instead of thinking, we are meant to be moving in a certain way. In fact, it goes right back to how you expected pregnancy and birth to be. You know, there is this level over and over again of surrender. It is what it is. Be here now. Do 30 seconds at a time. It's all we can do. It's kind of a great uh, reminder for us to step into this year with. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this work. Uh, Speaking to you, it's the end of 2022 when we're recording this. I'm like, yes, this is what one of my big commitments for 2023 Mm. is to really once again 
come back to this um, to this knowledge and wisdom that my body knows um, over and over again. I just keep coming back to oh, here it is, safety agency calm within this place so thank you so much for what you're doing and what you're sharing with us all you're so welcome and here's to a great 2023 whatever that looks absolutely (laughs) thanks kate well there you go mamas the intention to listen to our bodies to listen to the thoughts we're telling ourselves to try and do it a different way even if the reality is We don't have much choice because I know so many of us don't. So my invitation, I guess, for all of us is, can we do less critical thinking? Can we allow ourselves to be less perfect at home, at work? Can we give ourselves the grace and the space that we need this year? Of course, you can read Kate's book, and follow along with more of her work at her website. It's in the show notes. And of course, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the episode. If 2023 is the year that you are ready to step in to supporting mamas in this way, whether it's through coaching, corporate workshops, in the yoga studio, in your clinic, Mama Rising is open for enrollment right now. We start in March. Again, check the show notes, enroll with us, learn how to do this and see others rise around you. Thank you for being here. Satnam. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.